Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real dragon slayer, author and entrepreneur sales coach. Tune in weekly for human conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. So grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Here is your host, Jules White. So welcome to The Human Conversation. We're episode 24 today. I have got a fabulous guest today. I have never met this gentleman, so this is going to be really fun. We are truly going to have a human conversation. Um, So I would like to introduce Gary Gumbleton, and he is from Capco Group. Gary, welcome to The Human Conversation. Thank you very much for inviting me in. Well, it's great to have you here. You did send me a little note about what we might talk about today, and we'll come to that. But first of all, tell us about your company, Capco Group. What do you do? Okay, cool. So Capco Group is kind of a small group of companies, and our general ethos is to help businesses make better content. And that's whether we make content for them, or we teach people how to make better content. So we've got two subsidiaries. So one is Capital Content. Uh, they are a video content agency where we do your classic 30 second, five minute videos to go over social um, or websites or whatever. So we handle the strategy, uh, the production and the distribution. Uh, and then we also have Capital Conference. You can obviously see the, the Capco assimilation there and yeah. um, capital conference is uh, an events company and it has two arms one we put on our own events uh, so we have kind of our big annual event which is called not another marketing conference uh, and then we have kind of other live uh, we do live conferences as well and the other arm is that we help people put on their own events so if a company needs to host a client breakfast for example um, we can kind of handle everything or a small amount, you know, we'll manage the whole logistics of it all. So that's the Capco group as a whole, uh, me being the founder and I have a bunch of people kind of help me running the business as a whole. Fantastic. So I guess my next question naturally feels like it should be, so how did you get to be in this uh, area of business? You know, what happened before that? Where did you come from? Gary? Yeah, where, where did I start? That's right. So I... Um, It's funny, I had this uh, epiphany, like a work-based epiphany when I was about 25, right? And uh, up until 25, I was a bit of a scrape. I I was kind of a removal man. I worked in retail. I had kind of like the the low-end jobs. But uh, what had happened is I went to work for uh, BT for a few years, kind of selling mobile phones. Um, And this was B2B, business to business. Uh, And then I left BT to go to work for Vodafone Global. And and it was what was called an on-site coordinator where I um, would go into the likes of HSBC, Goldman Sachs, Lehman Brothers when they're around uh, and kind of be the support desk for these massive banks. And, you know, I had probably 10, 15 accounts actually in the city. um, And I kind of got this global buzz about myself, right? because I was dealing with all these massive global brands and I was working for Vodafone as well. What I had was this, yeah, this epiphany that I wanted to be a GM of a creative organization in 10 years. Right. Mm -hmm. And Vodafone had this thing called a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal. (laughs) It's supposed to be a goal that you can't reach. 
So you're constantly striving. You're constantly trying to challenge yourself to get to this massive goal. And yeah, at 25, I was working for Vodafone and then I thought to myself, right, I, to be a GM, obviously I now need to kind of climb the ladder. Um, I was a creative by heart. I played in the band for years, released a single and stuff like that. And I'd always kind of made, I did artwork on Photoshop, made posters and stuff. So I was generally, I, I thought of myself as a creative. Um, I left school at 16, so I didn't have any qualifications really. I didn't go to uni or college or whatever. Um, but I, what you do when you come out of school, when you've got no qualifications, is sales. So that's where I kind of went and sold mobile phones, you know? Um, so yeah, what, what I had to do in my first step in becoming a GM of a creative organization uh, was to uh, get international business experience. And okay. that kind of, you know, what the first one had to be English speaking, an English speaking country, just to make it easy for myself. And uh, that kind of limited it to America, Australia, or New Zealand. And America is like Fort Knox, it's very difficult to get in. Um, Australia is one of those places where if people say they're going traveling, what they mean is they're going to Australia for six months. And I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to be that guy to say, oh yeah, I'm going to Australia, kind of stuff. So that ended up being New Zealand. And I found this job working as a small business account manager on the Global Careers website. Uh, six weeks later, they relocated me out to New Zealand. Wow. Yeah, which, which was amazing. You know, it's a tropical island, you know, it's 10 degrees warmer throughout the year than it is the UK. There's only four and a half million people. It's an amazing place. Mm-hmm. And I was really only supposed to be there for kind of two years. And I moved over uh, May 08, and literally two months later, the GFC hit. And I was almost kind of stuck there because people were, you know, recruitment kind of dropped off. You know, although we didn't really touch NZ very much, it was very, it was kind of like, oh, well, now I need to kind of realign my focus a little bit. And basically, uh, I blinked and 10 years went by. <laughs> and doesn't that happen so easily? <laughs> yeah, honestly, so I spent the last 10 years in NZ and I, I worked for Vodafone as a global corporate account manager. So again, managing the likes of Deutsche Bank or Universal Music and all, all these big guys. Uh, Group 4 Security, sadly. Uh, but then also what I realised after a couple of years, you get a bit stale in a role and I moved. What I, what I needed to do was move into a marketing role, but without having... Uh, marketing experience you can't get marketing experience you know yeah sure uh, so yeah. I kind of took a, a sidestep uh, and really a, um, a quite a considerable pay cut and moved over to a ticketing company so much like Ticketmaster it was uh, it was a, a New Zealand version of Ticketmaster kind of slightly smaller uh, and I was basically sales and marketing because you were helping people sell tickets using marketing and that kind of got my foot in the door but by putting a, a marketing word in my job title yeah, and I, lo- I love that. I love the way like that transition then begins. And, Absolutely, and yeah. Here's a question for you, just while we're kind of, I'm listening to everything you're saying yeah. to me, which I love. What do you think the difference is between sales and marketing? Because, you know, we talk about this a lot, don't we? What are the Absolutely. significant differences in your mind? Uh, well, it's funny. It's, it's really the mindset of the business. Uh, you're either, or they are either sales and a marketing led. And I think depending on what type of business you are, you do need to focus one versus the other. And whenever budgets get cut, it's always marketing that gets cut. And they think, oh, we'll put more money in sales. It's like, well, actually, 
nowadays, I think marketing is more important than sales. 80s and 90s, absolutely, it was cold calling, it was mail drops, it, it was your, you know, the guy you know, constantly ringing up his contact, building up his pipeline on the phone kind of thing. Yeah. If you didn't make 100 phone calls, you're going to get fired. And I think now it's much more about building relationships and showing that you know your industry, this thought leadership kind of tag that you're playing yeah. around. So I think it, nowadays to build a relationship to help sales, you need to do your reactive sales, which is therefore marketing, you know? Yeah. And I think people need to be smarter about it. I think what the problem that I have when trying to sell capital content services is that the people that are in charge tend to have been in that industry 20 years and they tend to focus on what I call legacy marketing, which is your print, your outdoor, your radio, your TV, and none of that stuff is reportable. No. There's no exact science to say, yes, they bought this photo frame because they saw an advert on TV. Whereas yeah. now with your digital stuff, you can sell a product, but now we're kind of like on that 2.0 phase where you need to, get that reactive thing like I teach people you need to show to get the millennial buy-in that you are giving back to your community you know you're doing a 5k run or you're doing a tough mudder it's got absolutely nothing to do with you selling your product or how good your product is it's about how moral or how ethical your business is yeah, and but, you but I, tell I, I tell you where I see that sits from my point of view is your personal brand uh, and you yeah. say this is where I come from with sales so here's here's a lady who is completely 16, left school, three O-levels, went straight to work at NatWest Bank. You know, so I didn't do the uni A-level. I, I didn't do the academic stuff. I just wanted to work and earn money. Mm -hmm. I went into sales probably, oh, when I was 18, I would say I started my sales journey, which is 30 plus years now. And I was taught the 80s and 90s way of selling. But instinctively, even back then, I knew it wasn't right because I just didn't feel like it, the human connection side of sales was where it needed to be. And voila, today, now we need to start thinking about that side of sales, which is the beauty of what I now do, because now I'm connecting on that human side. So everything you're talking about is really interesting to me in terms of us um, looking at things like our personal brand, actually not just what it is we sell, but why we sell it. And actually, why is that client going to buy it? How do we make that connection? And for me, I have to say, Gary, I think sales and marketing are coming closer and closer than they've ever come before for that reason. Absolutely. And I actually think, uh, and I, you know, my salesperson is about to go on maternity leave in a few months. And I'm, I'm almost now thinking about reallocating that budget into marketing to kind of actually boost my inbound marketing just to see if that works. And then therefore, I don't have a sales arm. I'll obviously do my own and there'll be word of mouth and referrals and whatnot. But to kind of reallocate that budget from sales into marketing, I think it's relatively fresh. I don't think many people are actually kind of doing that. They're more pushing it onto sales. And I think it's down to two key things. And the main one being storytelling. Yes. I've listened to a bunch of your podcasts already and a lot of people say storytelling, but it really is. You know, if, if you show someone on Facebook a picture of a bottle of Coke, um, you're not going to engage with it. But if you uh, tell a story about a little boy who saved up his money from his paper round to buy his first bottle of Coke in the 70s, then you're going to engage with that post because it's storytelling and it's emotional. You have a, an emotional connection with it. You're not selling a Coke bottle. You're selling a story 
and Cokebook just happens to be product placement. In it, you know? Yeah, exactly. You're selling the dream. And you see, this is the thing, and that's why it keeps coming closer and closer for me. Now, the one area that I think we potentially need to think about, and you might like to tell me what you think about this, is where we do the marketing and where we spend the money then on this marketing budget and we start to bring these leads inbound. I want to talk about conversion because at some point, yes, there are products that's the click and buy products and I get that, so there's no, no human interaction, but actually things like services like you and I provide, there has to be a point where we connect as humans and we have a human interaction. For me, that's where we can completely lose our conversion because we've done all that great work marketing, we get that conversation and then all of a sudden, what do we do? Oh, do you wanna buy something then? And it's, and it's actually still too soon, you know? So this is my stuff. This is where I get excited. I want to do that conversion journey so that we do the connection in the right way. Absolutely. And I think what helps with the conversion is the reactive marketing. So the podcast season that you've got going on, the book, you know, that it, it's the, like I said, the reactive stuff. They'll go to your website and they'll go, oh, actually, you do know your stuff outside of you trying to sell a product, you know? Yeah. And it's about, you know, and, and it's a classic sales thing, but it's about problem solving as well. Before you even approach somebody, you need to be selfless and think about what their problem is. We had some great traction a little while back with um, food trucks. And what we thought was January, February is the time, is kind of the, uh, the music festival announcement period. All of the festivals are now being announced, but these festival directors haven't yet sorted out what their food trucks are. So we wanted to kind of get ahead of the game and solve a problem that the food trucks didn't know they have yet. It'll get to kind of March, April time where they'll go, oh, we now need to have some content to get in front of these festival directors. So we then, what, obviously what we've done is we've, found a problem in the market we've sold it for them before we've even approached them and yeah. then in the contact that we've gone to them we've said hey we can solve this problem that you didn't know you had yeah. and our the return on that has been huge we've had so much more engagement other than just going to any other normal business say hey we think you need video content yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. solving someone's problem before they know they've got it has worked tenfold it's been unbelievable yeah and what you've done again is what you you've said you what you've done is you've stepped inside the world of the customer, okay? Yeah. And, and this is the other bit for me is where, you know, the selfless, you mentioned selfless, being selfless. Yeah. Such a great way to describe it. It is Absolutely. not about you, Gary, and it is not about me, Jules. It is about what our customers are experiencing, that pain and the challenge. But the bit people forget and don't really master is that stepping into their world and really understanding how they're feeling you know that kind of emotional connection to it you're going to be in real trouble in a minute when you haven't thought about how to market to these music festivals <laughs> yeah, we've already absolutely. thought about that for you yeah um, that's the magic that's amazing and i love it you know already i'm thinking bloody hell this guy's fabulous i yeah, need to um, work with him yeah one key thing so i had this kind of weird sales training years ago like it, was, it was like this sales guru kind of guy and basically what one thing that i pulled away from it was if you're doing cold emails which is still kind of a major part of most people's business um if you're doing cold emails really the first three emails should have zero sales Absolutely. because you're trying to build up a relationship yeah. and actually what you should do is find a relevant article and go hey joe blogs i found this article that was really you know a real insightful for your business have a check catch you later 
yes. and then set a reminder in your CRM for three weeks later, finding another article. And those first three are the completely selfless acts. And then on your fourth one, then you do your call to action. Hey, can we catch up with the thing? Can I buy you a coffee? You know? yeah. And so it's all about, like I said, storytelling and, um, yeah, that selfless act. And that's part of that video content piece where I, you know, you're the, the thought leadership, people, the tips and tricks on how to do what we do as video content, that's that selfless gift to somebody. Yeah. They can't do it. You know, if you said, oh, this is how you do a podcast, you're not training them exactly how to do a podcast and therefore taking business away from yourself. You're mm. just showing that you know how to do it. And they then go, oh, they know their industry more so than selling their products. And that's when they engage. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely right. And I mean, I follow Simon Sinek from time to time, found out about him, I think 18 months ago, I just suddenly discovered him. And yeah. he was saying some stuff that really resonated with me. I thought this makes sense. This is where I've been doing my sales all these years. This is how I see it. And he did this thing once where he said, you know, you always present, you always lead a team and you always sell from a place of giving. You yeah. never expect anything back. And, and I think, again, this is, this is where these little nuggets really start working. Yeah, you absolutely. don't go in thinking it's about me and I need to get something back. You go in to say, look, actually, here, here's the thing. I can help you. What about yeah. this? Without yeah. even expecting that engagement yet. You know, that's, that's really great sales, I think, and, and yeah, relationships, let's call it. So I just want to touch on, we had a conversation on LinkedIn, which is where we've met. Um, and uh, in the comments and you said I'm going to read it out because I think it's nice for me to read it out if I can find it I think I can because I made a note of it so I was asking for guests on my podcast Gary and you came forward beautifully and said just get this up hey Jules would love to be on your podcast re growth I started an agency about 18 months ago with a laptop and a camera in my living room. We're now three staff deep, 900 square foot office and turning over 400% more than year one. That is really fabulous. So how did you do it, Gary? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I won't give you my secret sauce, but I'll give you a run through. But yeah, so the... Capital Content was the first subsidiary. So Capco Group owning Capital Content. And that was, yeah, about 18 months ago, I kind of kicked off. And really, yeah, I was a, a laptop, a camera in my living room, trying to avoid watching Netflix, trying to avoid <laughs> eating toast and drinking coffee, you know, and it's very difficult. Uh, and, you know, I acquired a few clients, you know, managed to get through, turned over just enough to kind of pay the bills in year one. And then December, January time, work just dropped off. You know, my wife went back to NZ for a couple of weeks on a holiday, jealous, um, <laughs> and because she's a Kiwi, I married her whilst I was over there and then came back in. Um, and over that December, January period, yeah, there was n very little work. I barely invoiced enough to just kind of feed myself. Uh, so I needed to look at the model on how I was making content. And really what I was doing was I was making the content. I was shooting, I was editing. If I was shooting or editing, I couldn't sell. Yeah. And if I was selling, I couldn't shoot and edit. So I got to kind of like a, what do they call it? Uh, max, uh, oh, I forget now. It was kind of, a, yeah, I just got to a maximum or, or, on anything really. So what I needed to do was kind of look at what they call the gig economy, you know, and start to look at my own margins and go, well, look, if I'm spending X amount of time and I'm charging myself X hours doing this kind of thing, then I could pay somebody else to do it. And really what I wanted to be able to do is go from being able to do one job every two or three days 
to be able to do kind of 10 jobs in a day. Uh, and that, the only way you can scale is if you manage the margins as well, you know? So what I did is I kind of built a WhatsApp group of uh, videographers around the country. But it had to be, uh, they had to have a cultural fit as well as a technical fit as well. That had to be the right type of person because it's very difficult or it can kind of get away from you if you start employing people very quickly. The culture mm. of the business just kind of gets out of your hands. So what I did was, yeah, I set up this group of kind of 10 videographers and I said to myself, right, I'm not going to shoot an edit anymore. I'm going to be kind of like the creative director across the top and I'll have a brief and a discussion with, with any videographer. But what I ended up just doing the sales. And any jobs that came through, I'd throw it out onto this WhatsApp group. It'd be first in, first serve. They all knew their fees they were getting. And then uh, for the first kind of couple of months, I think I was editing all the footage because I wanted to keep quality control. Um, but that then kind of halved my workload and I could spend the rest on doing, it, um, doing the sales. And that was kind of key. And, and really, I would say my, my key message or my key kind of takeaway on how to grow quickly um is risk yeah actually take the risk you know I, there was a point where i actually said right i i'm just about able to afford a part-time salesperson if i do there's a risk that i might not make money or i might not be able to pay myself or pay that person uh, but really you've got just got to get past that risk and just jump in because you know you're not going to get it if you don't try yeah you might not get it if you try, but you definitely won't get it if you don't try. And mm. I think it, it, you know, like I said, it, I really had to take that risk. I really had to not only employ someone and pay someone to think about revenue, but also letting go of the capco grip a little bit because yeah. I was in complete control. And, I, and I think that's, I think that's possibly one of the hardest things is that yeah, kind of letting go of it, especially when it's your baby. You know, you've created it. You know exactly the quality and standards you expect from it. It's your personal brand, actually, you know, ultimately, isn't it? 100%, yeah. And so then you've got to just be able to let go of it and trust other people to, to run yeah. it the way you want to run it. I can't filter their emails. You know, I, I, I can't read the, the language they're using when they're approaching clients or what they're using their elevator pitch on behalf of what capital content is like, i don't have much control over i could teach them but i don't know how they operate in front of a client because I, I won't go to every meeting with them otherwise it just you know just doubling up so yeah. it, it's scary but you do have to kind of get past that that risk you do really need to kind of take that jump yeah. so yeah that kind of started to work you know and i one little nugget that helped to me is I, I try to do what I call charity of the month. So I do a, a bit of video content for free to any charity, just to kind of, as a bit of good karma and it's good press and whatnot. Yeah. And um, I did this free piece of content for an app company that helped. It was like Uber, but for uh, volunteers. So you could go onto a map and it would say, Oh, I want to volunteer. And they were going out to like NSPCC or about some oh, or yeah, it was a really clever app, and I gave yeah. that for free. And then nine months later, one of the founders of this app says, oh, I also work for a massive consultancy firm. We're about to have a new website, and they've spent twice as much money uh, than I actually turned over in year one. So, it, yeah, it was a, that really helped. Yeah. Because that then allowed me to kind of not necessarily, you know, when, you, when you're an entrepreneur, when you first start out a startup, you're like, oh, loads of money's just come in. Sweet, I can buy that Mercedes. <laughs> But really, I reinvested that cash, you yeah. know, and it, I, I was in, you know, we moved house and I, w I had a little shed out the back, still a laptop. And, and that's another kind of tip, I think, for entrepreneurs is to have a specific uh, um, location away from your home when you're working. 
Yeah, it's it's a great tip. Yeah, just kind of a mental divide between home and work. When I was working at home in the living room, absolutely, I'd be in my dressing gown and I'd be tapping around a computer and then Netflix would be on and that's a two-hour lunch, have a quick nap on the couch. (laughs) But now, you know, now I was a shed in a back garden and although that was still kind of at home, it was a physical divide. I was still in my dressing gown, yeah. but mentally I was at work. In this so it's progression, it's progression, Gary. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I was not near the Netflix remote. But, yeah. And I became, it became a location. That's where I worked. All my gear was there and it all started to build up. Mm. Uh, and then, um, yeah, so then I had kind of two major clients. And at this point I was like, well, look, I've pulled on a, a, a part-time salesperson now there's two people in the shed and the general working atmosphere wasn't that of a creative agency. You know, you need to have that creative space, not necessarily in your head, but also in your surroundings. And right now, what we've done is we moved to a, um, a big barn in, uh, near Heathrow, a big 900 square foot barn. It's like exposed brick walls and it's freezing cold. Uh, but there's like, you know, there's music playing, there's bean bags, there's, you know, there's an arcade machine and, and that kind of fuels that creative mind. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, that, and that's really the key because when people want to make video content, they assume or that they, you know, are not necessarily creative. You need to have the idea, you need to have the concept. So yeah. just be able to press buttons. And that's yeah. what do specifically and I think the the move from the living room to the shed and now to the big barn that's really helped my creative brain kind of expand outside a little wooden shed yeah and so so the work you're doing then is content driven work for specific businesses small businesses Corporates, yeah. Nick? Yeah, it ranges. Yeah, well, I do consumer stuff, so I'll do birthdays and weddings. Uh, um, but we also do, yeah, kind of the small business stuff, um, you know, the thought leadership, the about us, you know. Uh, but then we also do major corporates. So we've done stuff like Cisco, Newton, um, Brighton University. You know, we, we'll do anything. But really, it all boils down to an objective. Everybody has an objective. Yeah about achieving that objective using video content so it doesn't really matter what size they are they could spend 50 grand a year they could spend five grand a year yeah well yeah (laughs) obviously obviously you do but i think video is so important now isn't it it's clearly still king i think it's going to continue to be king for some time we're now using so many different ways and and again i guess from where i come from with my sales stuff it's that human connection that happens actually even over video over zoom over skype uh, through youtube you know i'm building my youtube channel this year um, i'm doing it in a completely raw way i'm editing all my own videos on imovie at some point when i'm really rich i'll probably come and get you to do it for me gary absolutely but, um, but the point is, it's about me now trying to get this um, 4D kind of uh, personal brand coming through, which is what people want to see now. They want to listen to people and they want to watch people. That's kind of the way we're consuming a lot now, isn't it? Absolutely. And back to your point about, you know, dealing with conversions. Uh, and if you, again, like I wanted to kind of make videos in bulk, but couldn't do it myself. I needed 20 people behind me. Um, the conversion side of it, if you wanted to convert in bulk, then you should really start to be creating storyboarding emails, you know, a journey, sorry, storyboarding videos or a journey mm. of videos to help convert. Mm. You know, like you're making this video now, actually what you could do is set up a camera and go, hey, uh, Joe Bloggs, we've just engaged. I thought I'd let you know a little bit about the business. 
blah, 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 blah. If you want to find out more, visit da, da, da. Um, and then send that video. And then a week later, you've got, you know, episode number two. And yeah. this is how the conversions without, you could send out that out to a thousand people. Yeah. And you don't have to do it, you know, and that's helping convert those thousand people. If you had to, 80s and 90s, try and convert a thousand people, you'll do a thousand phone calls. Exactly um, that. You can automate all of this process, you know. Yeah. So you just storyboard five emails on what you think your conversion is or where people are dropping off in the pipeline, mm. create a video to stop them from dropping off and send them an email at a critical time. Yeah. Know? Yeah, and I'm very pleased to tell you I have a proper sequence in place for my email list. Albeit, oh, Gary, I have to tell you, I've really struggled with email because, again, it's for me a block because it, I can't speak to someone face-to-face -face on an email. So I, they're those places I have a problem. However, you're right. You need that mix. I think you've always got to be thinking, let's get a mix going because everybody consumes in a different way as well, don't they? So Absolutely. And if you add... Um, open brackets plus video, close brackets in your subject title, your open rate goes up 80% on average. Well, you're going to have to email me that little tip, <laughs> can't you? So that Hello, you I mean, yeah. people might have missed it when they're listening, so we'll keep that one between us. Okay, but, cool. Um, but the other thing I want to touch on before we go, because I've really enjoyed our chat. I mean, I know I always say this on my podcast, but I get something different from everyone I speak to, which is why I love doing this. And cool. um, I want to just touch on the not the marketing conference or not another marketing conference is that what you said absolutely yes so i love what, that i love that <laughs> yeah so about maybe three or four months ago um i set up the my second subsidiary i do have a third but that's kind of a long way away um, well it might not be but yeah, yeah that, no. that's kind of phase three so capital conference that is like i said an events company that we put on our own events to help teach people make better content and then we've got uh, we also put on other people's events, event services. Uh, but Not Another Marketing Conference is our big annual event. And uh, the reason it's called Not Another Marketing Conference is that we wanted to approach it differently. You know, there's, we didn't want kind of like sponsored speakers or stands everywhere where people just hand out their business cards and nothing really works. Uh, you know, so therefore, kind of tongue in cheek, oh, not another marketing conference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what we and, and we also wanted to, because we're creatives, we're you know the basis of an agency really, and we wanted it to be slightly different aesthetically. So what we've got is um, we've hired out what is it called Every Man Cinema in Maida Vale. Yeah. You know, so it's a re relatively cool venue. It's like sofas. And, and when you come into the conference, you get your own popcorn to kind of sit down. And we have, uh, you know, 10 minute. Uh, so we've got four speakers, one being myself, and then one about podcasting, funnily enough, one about social media strategy, and then one about a major corporate and how they transitioned from having no video content to loads of video content and what it meant for their business. Um, but we also have kind of like 10 minute talks where delegates can pre-book a little 10 minute slot to sit with one of the speakers straight after the conference itself. Um, and that's to kind of have that one-on-one -on -one experience because sometimes you just want to ask questions when no one else is listening, you know? Yeah, yeah. So a working camera set up. So, you know, like I said, our ethos is to help people make better content. So we'll have um, my head of production standing there, teaching people what to do with the camera, make sure it's framed well, make sure you use a lapel, make sure it's well lit, look about the background, all of that kind of 101 stuff um, to help all of these businesses to go out and make better content as well or choose capital content to make it for them. Yeah. Um, and, but really the, 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 the main underlying strategy from a, from a business perspective, disregarding on us teaching people how to make better content, the underlying strategy was then to create uh, this database or this pool of people, 100, 150 odd people, 
that would therefore see capital content as a thought leader mm. and Right, and it's kind of like warm leads. We they've now seen me stand up and or seen the whole business kind of orchestrate this conference to say, oh, actually, these guys really know their stuff. Let's use them for video content. You know, yeah. and so that's kind of from a business perspective, that's the underlying strategy that we can now go back and contact all these people, and they're really warmed up. They know my name. They'll know my sales director name. They'll know how good we are. They know all the tips and tricks, and hopefully that kind of generates revenue. So the what we've done is the the capital conference is actually a not a not for profit. Uh, but we don't charge tickets. We don't charge to come to the conference and because we hope that we can convert leads off the back of that for capital content. Well, you're clearly coming from a place of giving doing that conference. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I'm very pleased to hear that. But so what sort of date? Have you got a date for it yet? Uh, yeah, it's February, it's February 26th. Oh, uh, so it's soon then. Yeah, but actually we've sold out. Oh my goodness, so we can't even, well, but what we can do is we can build that desire for the next time you do it, you see. Absolutely. So there'll be lots of video content that will come out of the conference. So we'll have yeah. all of the talks themselves, the 45-minute talks that will be created. There'll be highlight reels, there'll be client verbatims, there'll be all that kind of stuff. Um, you can follow our uh, Instagram, uh, it'll be the capitalconference.co uh, Instagram account, and we'll manage... Uh, like the Insta stories throughout the day, so you'll be able to follow kind of what's going on. Um, but we'll be able to give you a ticket, Jules. That's no problem. We'll be able to squeeze in one if you, if you, can, if you can make it. I've got to um, myself free now, haven't I? I've definitely <laughs> got to come and see this. Absolutely. And we, um, like I said, we sold out kind of maybe two weeks ago, and we're still two weeks out. So we sold out way before. And although the tickets weren't for sale, we're still kind of trying to generate that interest. Yeah. Uh, in quite a large venue. So, and, yeah. and for our first major event as well, you know? I think that sounds amazing. And what made me really interested in it was the title of it. You know, I think yeah. that was very clever because immediately I'm like, hang on, I want to know what this really is then. So yeah. if it's not another marketing conference, what is it? What is I it? really like what you did with that. I mean, you're clearly yeah. very creative guys, aren't you? So that's amazing. Absolutely. I've really loved chatting to you. I think maybe there's got, be, there's got to be like maybe a part two in a few months time when we revisit and we find out what, the third part of the business plan might be, Gary. Do you think Absolutely. that's Absolutely, yeah, without a doubt. We'll keep it a secret for now. Yeah. Um, but we, yeah, and add, again, like it all kind of ties in to the, you know, the feeding of the beast of what is Capco Group. Yeah, exactly. And I've loved our human conversation. I will make sure that everybody can find you. I know we've mentioned your company name a few times. This isn't just about a sales plug, but I want to make sure that if people want to follow up and have a conversation with you, uh, other than the one we've had, so they can find you so i will Absolutely. put all of your links into the description we're going out on youtube now with the video side of it which you're going to be saying well done jules cool. um, but this is also obviously going on to podcast at the moment we're on soundcloud itunes and spotify um, and apparently even more that we can go on so i'm looking into that too but thank you so much for joining me gary it's been a real pleasure to meet you in your i've really enjoyed myself thank you very much barn down near heathrow which actually looks like it's a lot of fun down there even if it is yeah. cold um, <laughs> And uh, thank you for listening to our listeners. I do hope that you've got a couple of golden nuggets out of that because I think there are, if you listen back, there's a few really great tips that Gary gave us and uh, another fabulous conversation that we've had that I've thoroughly enjoyed. So make sure you tune in to us next time for the human conversation. Make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. You can put comments so that we can have a conversation in the comments. Thanks for listening. See you again soon. Ta-da for now.
You've just been listening to the Human Conversation podcast with Jules White. To find out more about the other work that Jules does, please visit her website, www.liveitloveitsellit.co.uk. And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy her show. Thanks for listening and see you next time.